1: Welcome back, Horticulture's Field Rushing, and we got plenty of stuff to talk about if that's what you want to do, our numbers, and it's a toll-free thing. I'm here live in the studio uh, here on Friday, Saturday's rebroadcast, but uh, if you want to give us a call live, it's real easy, It's toll-free, 1-877, that's the hard part, 877-MPB-RING. Mississippi Public Broadcasting brings us this garden party I appreciate it. You want to give us a call? If you can't make it on the phone, uh, you can always email garden at org. I think I'm pretty well caught up on most of my, my emails, but... Um Anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening. That's what we do. Um, and there's all sorts of stuff going on right now. I want to give a, a couple of shout-outs first. Uh, I tried to get to North Carolina this this past week, but I got pushed back by rain. Uh, but I did get a chance to swing down the coast to see what was going on down there. and Swung through Soche and Lo and Macon. Been through them all this past week. and never know when that green pickup truck of mine is going to be cruising through with the garden in the back. Um, this past week, I had some men put a new air conditioner system. While they were working on the duct tape up in the a duct up in the attic, I found some long lost things, including Java. You know, your your kids are at that you know that little age where they're gonna do school plays and stuff. Have you had to do all that yet? I mean, you know, yeah. Well, did yeah, like a like a Christmas program yeah. and, a, and a fall program. You yeah, mm-hmm. got to do the costumes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, now's your chance. I'm telling you, as an experienced older guy, now's your chance to do stuff that, in the back of your mind, you can hold against them ten or fifteen years from now. I'm telling you, you know, you can mess with kids and get away with it. And when they turn it, you know, if they ever do this, well, why don't you pick that up, Dad? You know, that kind of stuff. You can whip some stuff out on them. Well, what I found up in the attic including a photo of my great-granduncle in his cotton patch in Montgomery County, was a clue about my now-grown Marine son upbringing. I found his Christmas play costume when he was five or six. He was decorated as a cardboard cutout Christmas tree with a hole for his face. And it's all decorated, you know, like a little kid would do. It's great.
2: That was in your, it was in the attic?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean, he's 30-something now, you know, but I found this thing, and this, I just, I, I don't know how I'm going to use it, you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, you do have <laughs> to hold it against him. That's why I'm glad we got cell phones with all these pictures.
1: <laughs> yeah. And by the way, uh, my truck, if anybody sees my truck around town right now, uh, I have two words for people who wonder why it's not all pristine. Two words, love bugs. Wow. I mean, Java. Phil, no, we just
2: we talked all about love bugs on on Creature Comforts uh, Thursday mornings at 9 o'clock, re-airs Thursday morning at 6 a.m. So, uh, yeah, we talked all about love bugs.
1: And, and what did y'all come up with? Nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But
2: all, <laughs> but we talked to um, Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic who comes on after Creature Comforts. And if you want to get them off your truck, basically you just need to use water, but let yeah. it soak and, yeah. you know, and, and, and wipe them off because they're real acidic. And then they can do some damage to your to your paint.
1: Yeah, I don't want that that bright new green John Deere green of mine to 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 be chipped off. Anyway, that's just part of it. Uh, by the way, the Japanese persimmons are starting to uh, color up really well, especially along the coast. Japanese persimmons are fantastic. My horticulture's great grandmother's. Uh, Japanese persimmon was fruitful without fail for over 60 years, up in the middle of the delta till Katrina blew it over. Uh, red spider lilies are up. It's a good time to move some. If you want to move some red spider lilies, cut the flowers off, put them in a vase. That way you'll enjoy them longer than out in the yard. But now's the time to dig up transplant them because they're just beginning to grow roots. They hang not grown their leaves, but also you know where they are. So if you like the red spider lilies and you want some, this is the time to, to, to dig them, divide them. Uh, plant them where they get winter sunshine because that's when they have leaves, in the wintertime. Don't put them up against the north side of the house or up under a live oak tree. But as long as they get winter sunshine, they'll bloom great this time next year. I uh, also uh, transplanted some gingers and um. Pinched a few caterpillars. I love butterflies, but those little caterpillars are eating up my broccoli. and My caterpillar and my, my broccoli and cabbage, so I had to smush a few of them. Uh, I hate killing them, but a guy's got to eat, too. Anyway, got a new sculpture in my garden, maybe from Crate Myrtle Tree. We'll talk about that later. And I finally got around to clean up my potting shed. Got rid of a bunch of old pots and combined several partial bags of potting soil and rearranged my tool. Might not look better. But it sure feels good. We're going to be talking about gardening. If you want to give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring, we're going to start out just south of Mississippi border in Covington, Louisiana. Hey Polly, good morning.
3: Good morning. How are you? I'm yeah, fine.
1: I'm going to be in your neck of the woods in a little while. As soon as I get off the air, I'm going down uh, to to give a, a talk to a bunch of master gardeners.
3: And that was one thing I wanted to ask. Uh, where is it going to be?
1: Uh, let me see. I have to. I have to look it up. I've got it on my. Oh. My thing here, okay. uh, where is it? A North Shore. It's going to be at St. Tammany Parish, Master Gardens. It's going to be at the Church of the King on Little Creek Road over in Mandeville.
3: Okay, okay. I know right where it is.
1: Okay, now, um, now they charge I, for it, so, you know, you need to, you know, they got a, a really nice meal and stuff like that, but anyway, it's just it's okay. one of those things.
3: Wonderful. Um, I, I should know this, but I need your help. Is, is it the right time to trim your uh, azaleas?
1: Oh, no. Well, you can. It's not going to kill them, but they'll go next year's flowers.
3: Okay. See, I had scheduled a uh, trimming for Monday. I'm going to
1: call them. Here's the deal. You know, azaleas are generally roundy shaped, okay? Yeah. If you want it to be tight and round like a hedge, there you go all your flowers. But if they've got some tall stuff sticking up here and there, instead of having them shear them, just cut them straight across, have them thin out the tall stuff. A lot of times you'll have three or four or five tall stems above the rest of the plant. You can reach down and make one cut where they're all hooked down in the shrub, get rid of the tall stuff, and leave the rest of it unpruned to bloom well. So, you know, they can thin the tall stuff out by just reaching down. Have them kick the bush first, make sure it's not a wasp nest.
3: Oh, okay, okay. I'm sure they know that. Thin, thin.
1: yeah. Don't just shear stuff, but they can thin out just the tall stuff.
3: Okay, so these are huge you, you think it's best to go ahead and do it now and then no, maybe...
1: No, I mean, if if you want to. The main thing, if you if you cut them all back, there go your flowers next year. If you don't want to cut them back and start them over again, that's best done after they bloom in the spring through early right. summer, you know, up until the end of Ju- June or so, and then they still have time for new growth. But the uh, main thing, if you cut them, every cut they make right now, there go those flowers.
3: Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Oh, but they're just so overgrown, I'm afraid I'm going to have to just... Bite the bullet.
1: Uh, are they hiding in a window or something?
3: No, they're uh, it's what? creeping to my driveway.
1: Well, you know, they, just have them carve out just what they need to cut. And, you know, every cut they make, they go to those flowers. So the fewer cuts they make, the more flowers you'll have next spring. Okay, gotcha.
3: All righty. Well, thank you so much, and I hope I get to see you later
1: on. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Toll free folks, one eight seven seven MPB ring. There's a lot of stuff going on. I am going to be down in uh, in Mandeville. It's uh, the Master Gardeners. This uh, it's, it's something that goes from nine to two thirty. <clears throat> the registration st- started a little while ago, but uh, they've got a gourmet lunch. I'm gonna have some books on hand for signing, but um, mostly I'm gonna be talking about slow gardening, taking it easy. There's some other things coming up. Uh, most of them, I've got written down here are for october though there's going to be a big native plant conference in memphis october twenty sixth, 27th it's a big native plant conference they got people from all over the country talking about the you know not, not just weeds and wildflowers but really to get the most out of using good solid dependable native plants in your landscape uh if you want some more information about that go to memphis org. Or just Google the Memphis Horticulture Society. Uh, they got a web page and all. Uh, there's all sorts of uh, things going down at the MSU Coastal Research and Extension Center down in um, uh, uh, Biloxi. I stopped by last week and enjoyed spending some time with the Master Gardeners down there. They had a really, really nice day full of, full of um, all sorts of people and speakers and events. I even bought a couple of plants from my yard. Uh, and then coming up in uh, Mobile on October 9th, there's going to be a, a, a lady named Andrea Wolfe. Uh, she wrote a couple of really interesting books. One is called The Brother Gardeners and one called Founding Gardeners about the folks who sort of got us started in horticulture in this in this continent. Anyway, that's gonna be on October 9th. Uh look forward to to see some of y'all there. Uh, i got some other things, but they're a good ways off. But if you've got anything I can help promote, shoot me an email. Be real glad to. Be real glad to share pretty much anything I I can with you. Um, uh, let me see. What's something else I got here? Oh, uh, well, those are those are amazing, the notes I've got. If you want to give us a call, we've got a uh, couple of lines open, but let's go over to Flowood and talk about fig trees. Hey, Heather, good morning.
3: Hi, good morning. Howdy, what's up? Uh, so my husband and I just bought a house not too long ago, and we haven't done much with the garden and the yard space yet, but we're talking about it. One of the things we would like to do is plant a fig tree. Uh-huh. Uh, neither of us know anything about gardening, so I'm just looking for general advice on, you know, when to plant, how to do it, things like that.
1: Okay, good thing. first of all, keep in mind that fig trees can get really big, okay. but but they don't have to. I got an email, I'm going to share it next week from a lady up in the Delta who has a a picture of a a, a raccoon up in her fig trees getting them all. Commercial fig people, when they put their figs in the ground, they cut it off at knee high or sometimes just a foot, foot and a half tall. What this does, Heather, is it makes them branch out, and those will be the trunk of the tree for the rest of the tree's life. So you want them to start out kind of low. And then Mm -hmm. about halfway through the first season, they'll cut the tips off that new growth to make it bush out. So that you start out with something with a few little trunks, a few limbs, and then every year after they get through picking, they simply uh, just, you, you can cut whatever grew, let's say whatever grows this year, you cut it about halfway back. Okay. So in, in other words, you want to keep it compact, and uh, that's real easy. They need plenty of sunshine, and if you want to get the most out of figs, Dig a wide hole, not a deep hole, a wide hole, and loosen up the roots of your plant when you put it in the ground. And then cover the whole area with a bunch of real tree leaves. If you want to pretty it up with bark or pine straw or something, that's fine. But we need to feed the dirt. And you do that by putting leaves on the ground so that worms will dig it down around the roots of your fig tree. So wide hole, loosen up the roots, a lot of leaf mulch.
3: Sounds good. What
1: time of year is it good to plant? You know, if it's in a pot, you could plant it pretty much any time of the year. Now, since you're in the Jackson area, there's a fellow who, I think he's down at the Farmer's Market on Saturday. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, there's a guy named Don Cazeri who has his dad's old Kazari fig. They're big. They're sweet. They're like honey. But if you want to go to a garden center, look for the variety called Celeste, starts with a C. Uh, the All right. b- Brown turkey is real popular, but Celeste is probably the most dependable, most productive one for our ears. Celeste. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay, Heather. Hey, call anytime or shoot me an email.
4: All right. Thanks. Mike.
1: You bet. I didn't want to get into my personal fig preserves recipe, but it doesn't use as much sugar. I use a little bit extra of extra uh, lemon juice, uh, put some lemon slices in to help preserve it. I use half the sugar because I like to taste figs, not just sugar. Uh, let's go down to uh, the Gulf Coast to Ocean Springs. Hey, Hugh, good morning. What's up?
5: Hey, yes, good morning. Good morning. Howdy. Uh, I have several uh, milkweed plants,
6: mm-hmm. and
5: I've enjoyed the caterpillars and monarchs and butterflies several, you know, three or four times. You know, there's been a lot of iterations of caterpillar, oh, yeah, caterpillar. And I recently, uh, someone recently just gave me another milkweed, a yellow milkweed. It's in a pot, and I was wondering if I, can I, Go ahead and put it in the ground, and it'll make it through the winter. got enough time to catch up. Well,
1: if it's what they call the tropical milkweed, you know, it's kind of tallish, and it's got long the, – the fingers – the the leaves are shaped like your little finger. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a, a, a yellowing ribbon that's real popular, and there's a yellow variety of that. Well, they will bloom right up until a hard freeze if you even get one. So I go ahead and, and put it in the ground if you – you know, if you – uh, if you mulch around it keep it from you know just drying out over the summertime, it should come back perfectly fine on the coast. It's is a perennial throughout the south except where it gets a hard freeze. And you don't have that on in ocean springs.
5: No, not really.
1: But it's a good but uh, I mean the monarchs are still coming through but even other butterflies like it, you know, not just the monarchs. It's a it's a great milkweed, the tropical milkweed.
5: Yeah I have a it's a it's a yellow one. I have so I have tropical ones that have red and yellow blooms. Yeah, and then I have some native ones that have this uh, really light pink purple blooms.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a taller one too. That's a little it's bit a bigger. Big, yeah, it's, yeah.
5: It's got it's got a giant stalk, you know, like big asparagus or something. Yeah,
1: and they should start to make uh, seed pods uh, pretty soon. But anyway, the, your yellow one looks like the the yellow and red one. The plant does.
5: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, know, it's like I said, it's in a pot. You yeah, know.
1: that's just a yellow version. Of Be sure to loosen up the potting soil when you put it in the ground. That's a that's a huge mistake, Gardeners, make. We don't want it to have a potting soil-shaped root. We want it to get its roots out in your dirt. So loosen up the roots, stir that stuff into your dirt, and it'll, it, it just won't miss a lick.
5: And then, so I guess maybe the middle of October I need to cut them all down so that the butterflies that are traveling
1: no that you know that's that's and i know there's a lot of websites about that but that's actually a myth they will keep going they will keep going they have trouble with the with the the this tropical milkweed along the rio grande and along south texas where it blooms all year long um and a lot of the butterflies stay around there and a l- minor little problem builds up and it's gotten a bad press about it but the general consensus right now is just You know, when you just get tired of it, when it's getting cold, go ahead and cut it back then, not just for the butterflies, but because it'll help the plants, help the plants a whole lot better.
5: Yeah, there is a lot of discussion about, do they keep them, whether or not it keeps them from migrating and so forth.
1: Yeah, just just like with the hummingbirds. Everybody worries about that. Don't worry about that. Just, you know, just (laughs) just enjoy. But at the same time, when it gets cold, the things are going to start looking ratty. Go ahead and cut them back there. It'll help the plant. Uh, you know, okay. in, as, as well as the butterflies.
5: Okay. And then lastly, you know, I, I spoke with you, I don't know, maybe last February March about some native plants to put along the front of my house, you know, and I put in an abelia. Uh-huh. I put in, oh, I forget. The abelia makes really tiny little flowers, you know, it's a variegated time, and I like it a lot. And then I put in, I was thinking that the name would come to me as I spoke about it, but, um. Like a Virginia itea or something like that,
1: yeah, well no now, now that'll do better than the light shade. It's a native woodland plant you know it'll do okay in the sun, but you know if you got a little lightly shaded area, it puts on there too.
5: It gets dappled sun kind of on the corner of the house, and uh it's had it I don't know if it's supposed to have variegated leaves or not, but it bloomed earlier, and it had these long uh white blooms. Kind of like a cone thing, yeah. Almost like a budly, only they were white.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and it was really cool. Terrific. I, one of the, one of the best hummingbird plants too. It's a terrific plant.
5: And in my salvias, I see the hummingbirds on it all the time.
1: Good. And good, I didn't good.
5: realize monarchs got on it. you oh, know yeah. I didn't realize yeah. they had some kind of a proboscis or something to no, get no, into no, the little no, no, flower
1: no, shape. No monarchs lay their eggs on. Milkweeds. They'll the the butterflies will feed on anything that's got pollen and nectar, you know. But their their larvae have to feed on the milkweed, so you know that's 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 the reason for that. Not just to attract the adults, but that's that's where they lay their eggs. Oh,
5: and, you know. And I had some. I mean, I took some little videos of the. You know, I happened up just as they were coming out and as they were spinning their cocoons. And yeah. So my wife and I had fun videoing those and posting yeah. them in various sites. Well stuff. listen,
1: we got a scoot, man. We got a scoot, Hugh. Good luck on that milkweed. Let us know if you if any you butterflies stick around. I don't think they will. And we're gonna take a real quick break. That was Hugh in Ocean Springs. We're gonna go to Fayette right after this. Got a few other things to, to chat about. Got some fun emails. Really cheesy music coming up in a second. But here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we've got programs Monday through Friday, all morning long. Local folks, national experts. National experts, we have to be local. And we bring it all to you here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Going to take a real quick break and come back with some more phone calls. And got some emails to share with you. And uh, just want to uh, throw a couple, of, a couple of other things out that uh, I think are timely. Things you would help you if you're a southern gardener this time of year. Anyway, shut up, Felder. Take a break. We'll be right back all righty folks welcome back horticulture's phil rushing talking about gardening with you uh this uh first day last day of summer first day autumn whatever it is sometime tonight it's gonna the days are gonna start getting towards State fair. By the way, there's, a, a, there's an event coming up next week. I forgot to mention earlier. It's called Wells Fest. Wells Fest is uh, in a, a big shaded park just off the interstate on Lakeland Drive uh, in Jackson. Uh, they have it every year, all sorts of vendors and music and stuff like that. But my friend Loy Moncrief grows heirloom. Plants, mostly flowers, flowers and shrubs, heirloom. grows them all year long, and uh, the funds that they raise are for a good cause. And uh, so anyway, if you're interested in heirloom plants, you want to talk to a real hardcore, hands-on heirloom gardener, Lloyd Moncrief. That's going to be at Fest in Jackson, Lakeland Drive, real close to the interstate. Now, uh, and, and there's going to be some stuff going on next month, like the fall garden day at Crystal Springs and uh, the flora plant swap. We'll talk about those later, but we got plenty of time for that. Meanwhile, let's go down to Fayette or over to Fayette. Hey, Jason, good morning.
7: Good morning, Felder. How are you today? I'm fine.
1: What's going on?
7: Well, I'm just traveling through uh, Fayette, heading north on 61, and I had a question. Okay. Uh, I had a Let's see. I lived in Puerto Rico a couple of years, and we grew pigeon peas there.
1: Oh man, and, cool, uh, cool old plant! T- talk about an heirloom for like two or three thousand years of culture of yeah, that plant.
7: Exactly. But so uh, I, I've been planting my spring garden already, and someone uh, sent me a little pack of about a hundred seeds, and I just wanted to know uh, what is your experience, or have you heard any experience of how well they grow in Mississippi? I actually live now in. Where you're going today in St. Tammany, Parish? Uh-huh. I live in Slidell right across the, right, right. the bridge from Bay St. Louis. But, so knowing that where I live, um, how well do they do in Mississippi? I have read some things online. They've grown them as far as Vermont. But yeah. how well do they take to our soil here? In
1: well, you know, keep in, mind, keep in mind, pigeon peas is native to Africa. It grows in really poor soil. So right off the bat, you don't want a you know, really good dirt or a lot of fertilizer, you're gonna get all plant. And by the way, I hope you got some of the you know, there's some new kind of dwarf varieties that are a whole lot more productive and easier to pick than the than the wild kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any experience growing it. I don't think it's gonna be a perennial like it is in, in more of the, the tropics, subtropics like down the Caribbean. It's, it's a perennial plant there. I don't mm-hmm. don't think it will be here, but it could be but uh, what I would, what I know for sure, let's wait till the soil warms up in the spring before you plant them because they like warm dirt. In okay. no other words, no other, don't be too early on those. And uh, I just don't know how much of a harvest you get the first year. I don't have any experience with. It. I, I just know it's a, it's a sort of a staple plant. Mm-hmm. And I, okay. I, I just, but to uh, J- Jason, if you would, if you could shoot me an email, I can do some real quick research, find out if there's anybody who's growing it locally and what they're long-term experiences of when the best time to harvest that kind of main thing is poor dirt not a lot of fertilizer and uh let's wait till it gets warm before you plant them
7: well slidell we have some pretty poor dirt we're known as the camellia (laughs) city of of, of louisiana and uh and so i grow mostly camellias there but um i'm going to try my hand at some you know things but i definitely will uh let you know and keep you posted as well, well and i will
1: shoot you an email well here's the deal with me jason i'm you know i'm an old guy i've been doing this a long time and i can't remember stuff i have to make notes to myself all the time sometimes i lose my notes but i you know i'm curious i got my curiosity up and unfortunately i won't be able to remember it unless you shoot me an email and we can both learn
7: something i i totally understand <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm i'm climbing closer to 40 so I totally
1: understand. Okay, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, l- l- let's, let's, let's learn something together about this. I know you can have fun with them, but let's see if we can get the most out of them. You know, plant spacing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All righty, man. Appreciate it. Hands on the wheels. Oh, yes. Have a good day. Thank you. By the way, I forgot to mention that, uh, that yesterday was, t- was International Talk Like a Pirate Day international talk like a pirate day I don't know if many people uh care about that but Java let me ask you something
2: okay because I got a question for you
1: too okay what did the uh why do pirates bury their their loot down deep knee-deep uh no that's a good one I don't know everybody knows that booty is shin deep
2: <laughs> okay okay and answer me this question um, how did the pirate become a boxing champion so fast?
1: Oh, no, this is a new one. I thought I heard all of them. How did the boxer become a, I don't know, the pirate become a boxer so fast? Why? Nobody was ready to take on his right hook. Oh, <laughs> ouch, ouch, ouch yeah. <laughs> You know, You know, the, the, the pirate who'd retired to become a farmer, he was selling corn, and he made a lot of money. You know why? Why? Sold him a buccaneer. <laughs> <laughs> oh here's one here's one last one uh uh the uh captain the this first mate comes to the captain and says captain the ca- the the cannon be ready and a captain looking at him and says don't you know basic grammar it's the cannons are ready ah. <laughs> save us barbara barbers from rose hill save us from pirate jokes Okay. What's up? How are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you. What's up?
3: I'm calling to ask about garlic, planting garlic. Yeah. Is it a good good time to plant now? And I've been looking at, uh, they're saying hardneck and uh, softneck, and what is the difference, and which would be better for our area? Well, the, I'm in central yeah, Mississippi.
1: Yeah, you know, they, they both do okay, the softneck. Typically do a little bit better, but I planted seven different kinds of garlic two years in a row, year before last and last year, and they all did about the same. um So okay. the the main thing is whatever you plant. Also get some at the local like the local garden center because they've been you know they know the garden center co-op if you got a co-op because okay. they they grow what people come back in asking for. There's one called Silver Skin I think that's real popular, okay. but it's a little bit early, Barbara. I I usually plant mine towards, um, oh, the middle of October so. Okay. A little bit early.
4: Perfect,
1: then. And um, have, have you planted it before?
4: No, this is my first time.
1: Okay. Work up some dirt. You can grow it in a pot. You can grow it in a pot, you know, a big uh, five-gallon bucket. They don't have very deep roots and don't need a lot of potting soil, but they need just a little bit of fertilizer because their roots aren't very deep and, you know, the stuff will wash away. So, what you can do is plant it, work up some dirt or get you a, a nice pot and put the cloves about, oh, five or six, four or five, six inches apart. So each one has elbow room. And and then uh and they'll come up pretty quick. And just give them a little bit of fertilizer when they when they start to sprout and then they'll do fine up until next next uh spring. When the leaves start to fall over, that's when you harvest it. Okay. But but they don't have much of a root, so don't plant it real deep and, you know, and fertilize them really light once or twice. They'll do fine. All right then. Thank you. Okay, appreciate it. Alrighty, We've got plenty of stuff to talk about. I've got all sorts of emails, like to, And this is a great one from a guy from Lawrence, Kansas, Zach Laffrey from Lawrence, Kansas. It's a good question. Do trees grow from the top or the bottom? <laughs> Do, you know, and it's a good question. I've actually heard it several times over the year. And the, the, the truth is, uh, new growth on trees like Sean's vines grows from the tips of last year's growth. Uh, you know, the ends of the branches where the new growth grows. If you have a limb that's uh, three feet off the ground, you can tie a string around it. 50 years later, it's still going to be three feet from the ground, but the tree's going to get a whole lot bigger. Uh, anyway, it's an oddball thing, but we're going to, we got plenty of that stuff. L- Let's do some cheesy tunes. I got one because uh, I got an email from a guy who said he listens from his tractor because he's getting his hay out. So, this is for all of you out there who are working hard for living to put food on our table.
0: MPB listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org/underwriting for more information.
1: Hey folks, lines are wide open. You want to give me a call and talk about what else gardening. I promise I won't try to sell you anything. I, pro- you know, if it's if it's, you want to go organic, I'm past president, vice president, of organic growers it's published by Rodale Press. I can do organic. If you got a little problem, you need to use a squirt or something that's not this synthetic. As long as you're safe about it and conscientious, I got no problem with that either. So let's just try to get along here and try to get our gardens. I mean, I killed some caterpillars the other day. Butterfly larvae, teenage butterflies. I squashed them with my fingers because they were eating my cabbage, you know. And I just hate to be putting that, that sort of uh, what's it cognitive dissonance no matter what I do. It's going to be a problem. By the way, there's two things I want to share. We do have the lines open if you want to give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. Got the lines wide open. Uh, A couple of things. One is uh, if you want to get your poinsettia, if you saved a poinsettia from last year, you want to try to get to bloom again, now's the time to do something. You can actually uh, pinch the tip of them out. And instead of keep on growing tall, they'll bush out with with more branches. If you do it right away, there's time for them to put out new growth in time for Christmas. But to get them to bloom, here's the deal. You need to make them think that it's nighttime longer than daytime. Make you a box, tape it up so no light comes in, big enough to put over it. And every afternoon, late in the afternoon, put the box over the plant. It needs sunshine and water, a little fertilizer to grow during the day. In other words, keep it growing, keep it put it on new growth, because it's the new growth that will come out red. What's on there won't turn red. Pinch it back a little bit, a little water, a little fertilizer, some sunshine, but every afternoon, late in the afternoon, put a box over it and leave it on till the next morning. Thirteen, fourteen hours of total darkness every night. And after oh, three or four or five weeks of that, you're going to notice a new growth that's going to come out starting red. You can throw the box away or give it to the kids to play in or something because once you trigger it, they're going to go ahead and bloom. Uh, but again, it's a new growth that turns bloom if you make it total darkness for 13, 14 hours every night and keep it growing with water, fertilizer, and light during the daytime. Anyway, one last thing. I forgot to mention this. <laughs> this, is a, this is a really oddball thing, but today is actually a real special day. A lot of people don't, don't even think about this. this. Since 1965, today has been World Gratitude Day. Now, Java, you got to look it up. That's just the way you are. you got to look stuff. World Gratitude Day since 1965. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making it up.
2: So, Phil, I just want to say one thing to you.
1: What? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the deal. For if you're uh, all we're trying to, do, you're encouraged to take a little time to express your thanks for all the good things in your life. Just express, think about the good stuff, and really, there's a lot to be thankful for. No matter how bad, there's always something to be thankful for. Um, as a matter of fact, Kurt Vonnegut, uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, wrote in A Man Without a Country. He said, "I urge you." Please to notice when you're happy and exclaim or murmur or think at some point if this isn't nice i don't know what is anyway world gratitude day let's go up to oxford hey john what's going on in lafayette county
7: hey felder oh thanks for taking the call sure um, I've got a hibiscus plant with, and it's doing great sitting on my front uh, entryway.
4: Uh-huh. But
7: three of the branches started wilting uh, last week, and I noticed like what looked like a white mold on them. I uh, looked it up, and it, it seems to be it's uh, mealybugs.
1: Yeah, little white looking things. Yes. Yeah.
7: And. It has not spread to the rest of the plant. I've sprayed it with seven dust spray.
1: That yeah, won't do anything. Okay, that Here, here's
7: the the se- area is not getting better.
1: No, no, seven is for bugs that chew. It's a stomach poison. They chew it, they bite it, it kills them. You need something that's for sucking insects, which is more of a contact thing. And luckily for mealybugs, you could just miss alcohol. And you could throw some gin on it if you want to, but a little alcohol and water would do good. Get a little squirt bottle or a cotton swab or something like that and just dab some alcohol on them, and that'll do it. Pretty good job. But seven right. is only good for things that chew holes or make plants look ragged. That's it.
7: Perfect. Well, that's but good to know. Thank any, you very much. Anything
1: Kelly. that'll control aphids will control mealy bugs. But again, a little alcohol and water, that'll do a good job, too. Uh,
7: that's what I'm about to do. Thank you very much. All righty, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> okay.
1: Bye. I mentioned I had a—we got the lines open. Give us a call, One eight seven seven mpb ring Lines are wide open. I had a blast visiting with folks at the Master County— uh, Harrison County Master Gardeners at their Fall Garden Expo past Saturday met some fun folks. Even bought a nice plant for my garden. It's a native maypop or passionflower vine. I got a little the butterfly called Gulf Fritillary. Gulf fr- it's a medium-sized butterfly, real pretty. Gulf Fritillary butterflies in my garden. Uh, and it lays its eggs on the passion vine, the maypop vine, and uh, the larvae just turn it to a skeleton. But they turn into pretty little butterflies too. Uh, I did burn up my rosemary though. Um. When I drove down, it's the first time I'd driven my truck since back in the spring. And my rosemary sitting in the driveway all summer got nice and lush and tender. And as soon as I got on the interstate, got up to about, oh seventy six, seventy seven, whatever, that wind just burned it up. The new growth It's coming back fine. I pruned it. But, uh, you know, just because it, it's like when you've been inside all winter and you go out and get too much sun too fast in the spring. You get sunburned. Well, anyway, guys, the garden's looking okay. There's a workshop on gardening next Saturday, uh, September twenty second at Tishomingo State Park. Those of you up in North Mississippi, uh, Northeast Mississippi, Northwest Alabama, uh, South Central Tennessee, um, Tishomingo State Park is right off the the Natchez Trace. Right when you first get in Mississippi, they're gonna have a workshop on gardening with wildlife, uh, and also they can have a thing called Bug Fest down at Crosby Arboretum, folks down in in uh, the, that. Lower southwest Mississippi, North uh, Southeast uh North Tishmy, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Crosby Arboretum, Picayune, Mississippi, Google it. They're gonna have a bug fest. Field day for school, homeschool groups, and, and kids. If you want information about these, I can't remember it all. Go to go to Crosby Arboretum dot miss dot or just Google Crosby Arboretum and take it from there. Ah, let's go to Sue in Beaumont.
4: Hey, Sue, what's going on? Hey, I'd like to make a comment and then ask you a question about some peppers, okay? okay keep the comment clean, Sue. Oh, it's clean. It's okay. Clean. Have, you, have you ever wondered why trees grow straight up even on on the steepest inclines, like the side of a mountain? Mm,
1: i got an idea about why.
4: It's called positive geotrophism. I had to call all over to a, a college of professor told me that's what it is. Anyway, yeah. I thought I'd throw that in uh, when you mentioned about... Trees grow from the bottom of the top. They grow straight up on steep inclines because it's called positive geotrophism anyway. Yeah.
1: Okay, now now before you get to your question, I want to throw this out. Why do vines wrap around things?
4: Because vines and trees are different are different to Yeah, them.
1: yeah, but what makes them wrap what makes around them things? Do that? Yeah.
4: They're, they're looking for something to support their weight, I suppose. That,
1: that's right. And when they touch, when a vine wiggles around, when it touches something, the cells on that side of the vine stop growing. The cells on the other side of the vine keep growing. It makes it wrap around, and that's called thigmotropism. Thigmo means touch, towards Oh, that's touch. interesting. Yeah, it's a positive geotropism. Thigmotropism. You know when you rub a cat's back, his tail goes up in the air? <laughs> yeah. Thigmotropism.
4: Well, then that's, Well, I'm glad you told me that. Okay, I want to ask something about some peppers. Yeah. I had two packets of banana peppers, and I didn't plant them because I really don't like banana peppers. They're not hot.
1: <laughs> Why'd you get so them? Why? I got yeah, four
4: what? pots of banana uh, peppers out there on, on the carport and a couple of basil plants, but... So I watered them and watered them and watered them, and, and they never would bloom or do anything, so I spoke harshly to them. I said, if y'all don't do something really soon, I'm going to pull you up. Ouch. Well, within a week, they started producing little peppers, and those things are as hot as habaneros. Do you think talking harshly to them makes them get hot because they're, they're, <laughs> normally they're not hot?
1: Well, you know, Sue, I, you know, you're know, you in kind of a rural part of Mississippi, and, you know, people are going to talk about you if you're out there Cussing your peppers. <laughs> of course, they talk about us anyway, right? No, they right. they, they got hot because there are some banana peppers that some peppers that are that are hot, you know. And it could also be. Do you have any hot peppers nearby? No, not at okay. all. Okay. Well, this the, the, and all of them this way. That's going to be the the variety. They got some hot banana peppers. Hot as habaneros. No, 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 no. But I mean, I, lot, most people can't tell. Hot is hot is hot. But, I like hot. Yeah. Well, they're not as hot as habaneros. I
4: picked. I picked the first one that came out. It was big. My index finger. So I picked. I was going to take a bite of it. Just and that thing was so hot. It
1: don't tell me. No, don't murder, tell me. No. Don't 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 tell me. It was so hot it made you cuss. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Sue. You're a you're a bad girl. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <Bye-bye. laughs> you know I wasn't raised this way. But it's real easy. Let's go up to Lila, up to the Delta. Hey, A.J., good morning.
0: Hey, good morning. How so, are you?
1: Fine, fine. What's going on? Are you from the Delta?
6: Well, 50 years, I guess yeah. I might qualify.
1: You know, I flunked out of Moorhead. I don't know if that's, you know, you don't, you don't flunk out of Moorhead for being dumb because they work with you. You flunk out <laughs> for being stupid. Anyway, what's going on? I just need a
0: little help in in blueberry uh uh, trimming back and, yeah. uh, and and an oleander. Uh, I just wonder if it's too late to do either one of them. And I need some directions on how to do them properly.
1: Well, first of all, oleander, where it's native, grows all year, blooms all year. So it really doesn't matter. But if you cut them back now, there's probably not enough time for the new growth to come out and toughen up before winter. And so an average winter, like last year, last year kicks them hard, but they'll come back. So the best time to prune oleander is probably going to be in the late winter, early spring, through the middle of the summer. So new growth has time to come out, toughen up before fall. Okay. Blueberries, every cut you make on a blueberry right now, there goes next year's spring flowers and berries. And so the two ways of pruning blueberries, A.J., is when you get through picking them in the summertime, you know, late June or so, go ahead and cut the tall stuff back then, okay? And then the stuff that come came up in the spring, the new growth from the ground or new stem, n- new twigs, pinch so cut those back a little bit so they bush out instead of getting lo- long and tall. some. Prune the new growth that comes out in the spring, and then cut the too tall stuff as soon as you get through picking them, and then just leave them alone.
6: All right, so it's too late now to, to do do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, this there's year. one there's one that grabs your hat every time you go by. You know, cut it off. But okay. in, in general, let's do most of your heavy pruning uh, in middle of summer.
6: Okay, sounds great. I appreciate. It. All righty, man. Thank you much here.
1: You betcha. Bye. You betcha. Okay, now let's go to uh, Tremont. Hey, Joey, what's up in Tremont? Hey, fella. Good morning. Howdy. How are you? So far, so good. All right. My aunt uh,
7: showed me where she'd been throwing her magnolia cones or whatever you call them.
1: Yeah, sort of. Seed call- holders. Yeah, huh Seed holders, and that's
7: they, right. Age of the woods, and they several eh, need to waste high magnolias coming up. She said, I can have every one if I wanted them.
1: Yeah. In other words, she wants you to clear it out, right?
7: Uh, more or less. Gotcha. So, uh, when, when, how?
1: The best time is, uh, you know, if if you know where you're going to plant them, I might go ahead and dig the holes you're going to move them to ahead of time. Cause that way the hardest part's done. And then sometime in the dead of winter, after we get us a hard freeze or a frost or something, when they've gone dormant, you can move them from after, you know, the, the first frost or cold spell up until, oh, the middle of the winter. So and they'll have time to get settled in before you know, before summertime, I wouldn't get too big one, Joey, because I can't really pick up a root ball that's you know bigger than I can put my arms around. And if you break the root ball, the tree will die. So, got to dig you know something oh a foot and a half or so wide and deep, you know about that big without breaking up the root ball. So the smaller ones are going to have a better chance than the big ones. If you dig the hole ahead of time, then uh, you know sometime in the middle of the winter when the yellow jackets aren't so bad, poison ivy you can't see it, that's the best time to move them.
7: Right, what the the, the stems of them, not stems, but the trunks of them, about like your little finger.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, you can. There's no problem moving a magnolia, the knee high, waist high, something like that. And by the way, you can cut them back, and they'll bush out like little bushes with a whole bunch of limbs.
7: I'd so, not help that. Yeah, you the, just tip yeah. the uh, the top
1: out. Yeah, but the the main thing is when you dig them, try not to get a root ball that's so big it breaks when you pick it up. That's mm-hmm. the big deal. And uh, hug, hug your mama when you get a chance. I do every time I see her. Okay, Joey, thank you for your call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for your knowledge. Thank you. Oh, boy. Oh, before we go to this next phone call, let me throw this out. I got the coolest letter last week, the coolest letter. Where would it go? Here we go. If a guy named Russell Reynolds from Greenville. Russell wrote me a letter. He said, it's real short. He said, I started gardening when I was six with my Uncle Horace in Leland. Horace had a drinking problem, so it met with his schedule. (laughs) I love that. His uncle had a drinking problem, so gardening and gardening with his nephew met his schedule. He said he'd cultivate three-fourths of an acre behind the house on Deer Creek Drive and take a surplus downtown and a wheelbarrow to sell at the end of the season and give the rest away. He kept this up until his 70s. Well, I've heard of truck farmers. Never heard of a wheelbarrow farmer. Anyway, I love it. Horace had a drinking problem, so gardening met with his schedule. (laughs) <laughs> Let's go to Tupelo. Hey, John, how are you, man?
0: Hey, Felder. Good morning.
1: Good morning.
0: Uh, I was calling early spring, real early spring this year. I had a fellow helping me, and he was experienced cutting grass, things like that, so I thought he would know. Anyway, I said, cut all the brown dead stuff, like ferns and that sort of thing. Uh Well, anyway, he came and cut down pretty much everything, (laughs) including my native azaleas, all the flags, cut the hydrangeas, flat dab down on the ground. Mm. And so since that time, the hydrangeas have come back, the green growth has come back, and, of course, the native azaleas didn't, and the flags, are green. My question is, there was no blooming at all this year. Yeah. Would you expect to bloom maybe next year?
1: Yeah. they They, they bloom in the spring on what grows in the spring if it grows off of last year's growth. Well, all uh-huh. that was gone. Well, See, now you've got the, the stuff that's growing this year, sometime in the winter, if it's long and leggy, you can cut it back about a third or halfway or so. Whatever grew in 2018, you can cut it back next winter to, to by a third or half, and what b- grows off of that will still bloom. Okay. As, as long right. as you leave some of the previous year's growth, what sprouts out of that will bloom. Cut it to the ground, they'll sprout back out, but won't. same thing with figs.
0: All right. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Okay. I hope I, I hope you gave him a piece of your mind, or or you just shake your head and let it go.
0: No, I didn't. I was so mad, I didn't. I was afraid to say anything. But he could tell by the expression on my face, I wasn't happy. Hey,
1: you know, maybe you weren't raised like this. I was raised when I was a kid. They used to we used to get switched. Our mother was switch us. Okay. And you know that sound a switch makes goes through there that little sound the switch makes. My my daughter can make that sound with her eyes. good luck on it john all right thanks for calling all right we're rocking and rolling here but let's go up to madison hey paul good morning sir how are you doing
6: good good morning better than i deserve
1: (laughs) you know that's what i say all the time somebody said you ought to say uh not too bad but the truth is better than you know what santa claus keeps track of that naughty nice thing right that's correct well what's up what can i help you with well i
6: have uh had uh all of these in multiple beds, uh-huh. and also uh, naked ladies in a bed. Yeah. this year I only had a small number of them come out. Uh, the bulbs are still there. Uh, yeah, what has caused that? Could have been the cold this winter.
1: Well, it was the uh, the naked ladies the pink ones that do June and July or so? And mine did you know didn't do that great either. Um, and it could have been that. Although the naked ladies actually grew up in Michigan. Uh The main thing is they need leaves the leaves have got to get sunshine in the winter, and if yours are in an area that 's gotten shady over the years in the winter evergreen plants and north side of the house, and they don't get enough sunshine in the winter, they 're not going to bloom in the summer and fall so that's well
6: they they that, are actually in the sun, but i 'm going to put in a new bed where it'll be sunshine twenty four hours so we'll we'll move those
1: Wait a second i'm gonna call you <laughs> sunshine twenty four hours Listen, I know it's equinox. We ain't got but 12 hours on the equinox. And no, well, no, 12, 12 hours on the solstice.
6: Well, I guess I got a little bit too saturated in that.
1: Yeah, it is 12 uh, hours on the, the equinox. Thing, you,
6: have the, uh, you have mentioned the poinsettia, and we have a large one
1: mm-hmm. in
6: a black pot, but it is putting out lots of new leaves right now. Yeah, yeah, so that's good. I- still covered or do you yeah
1: yeah yeah what you want to do is trigger the flowering process and you do that you know it happens naturally in mexico uh it triggers it by when the days are shorter than when the night's longer than days so if you start covering them up now you know with a big box and during the daytime keep them growing fertilize water that kind of stuff then after oh four or five six weeks the new growth to start coming out red, so keep the new growth coming, but just start covered yeah. up with a big box. That's
6: perfect. Right. Oh, and I'll just mention some something really quickly. Uh, you uh, made this lady's day a number of months ago when you went to see her hundred-year-old uh, uh, plant, which was blooming and bloomed a long time. I know you've got pictures of it and all, but she still talks about you anytime <laughs> we go by.
1: T- tell her I said hey.
6: Okay, I appreciate Thank it. Thank you very
1: much. All righty. Yeah. Okay, folks, if you want to, that's nice. If you want to uh, shoot in, in the Equinox, the days are 12 hours of 12 hours. So that I don't want to, anybody, I don't want any emails about that. Okay, we're going to squeeze in one real quick call in, in Bush, Louisiana. Hey, Ansley, almost out of time, but what's up? Good morning. My yeah.
7: wife has a nice um, sweep of data patch, and she wants to know when how you know it's time to dig them.
1: That's a good question. Typically about three and a half or four months after they're planted, you know, 100 days, 120 days when they're ready. Um, you can start digging them now, you know, but you don't have to dig them all at once. If you want to, I would wait. Here's the, the, the problem, Anselie. If it if we get a really hard, hard rain after they've been dry, those sweet potato roots can split open just like a tomato after a hard rain. So, you know, what I do is I would, if she got enough, I'd dig some and see what they look like now. And uh, if. If she, if she could wait another month, that'd be better. That'd be better. Whew. All sorts of stuff going on today, folks. You want to shoot me an email during the week, garden at online. Dot org. Gestalt Garden is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, producer laid-back but hardworking Java Chapman, phone greeter is Kevin Farrell, and he and Jason Klein and all of the folks here at MPB, we appreciate all that, that y'all do to support us. I'm your host, Bill Rushing. I'm going to thank all of y'all on this fine first day of autumn get out and about my little garden. Uh, if you get a chance... If you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center or a farmer's market. Stop telling them to go outside and not come in until supper. Take them on a field trip outside and see if you can show them an opportunity to do what we do best on this wonderful, wonderful autumn weekend, and that's get dirty. Don't forget to drink water and get some sunlight. We're basically plants with complicated emotions.